Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Oh my gosh, I'm having so much trouble on the stream right now. Um, With me, as always, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? It's a big Big, day. It's like, it's the biggest tank war we may have ever had, at least since that Clippers game last year. Yeah. Yes, and we lost in that tank war. So. But tonight would tonight would be nothing without the loss to the Magic on Sunday. So True. we got to give it up for getting us here, getting True. us this far. Oh, that was dicey too, man. I didn't. Oh, I I had kind of given up. <laughs> it was that was one of the worst viewing experiences ever. It was just yeah. a miserable watch. Do you find yourself, because, you know, I listen to other teams' podcasts, uh-huh. and I feel like every other bad fan base is operating from from the the assumption that they're going to be the ones that get lucky in the lottery. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, maybe because we've been screwed before, or it, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being a pessimist, but I just assume that bad things are going to happen in the lottery. I, yeah. I like I, I don't even I can't even imagine us getting a top three pick and getting one of those three guys. I know I'm resided to the fifth pick and being the team that has to choose from from the pile of of yeah. misfit toys on the other side over here. That's what that's my that's my grand assumption is that we're going to be choosing between like AJ Griffin and whoever right. else is there. Yeah, that's how I feel, and I, and so that that carries over to these games like that game against the Magic. I was just. I, I just given up. I was just like, "Well, this isn't happening. <laughs> That's too bad." I had ho- I had hope. I had hope just because of the guys that were out there. It was like, you know, some bad things could happen with this crew. Some bad things yeah. could happen with these guys. But I did. Uh, so yesterday was like the first nice day in Portland mm. for in like months. It was like sixty five. Nice. <laughs> and so went to happy hour. Which you, we can do again. We don't have a mask mandate anymore. Nice. It's so exciting. So we were we were at a bar, and everyone's enjoying the the outdoors. And I had the freaking Magic Warriors game on my phone, just propped up on a beer glass, just watching that because that's all I cared about. 
It was really sad. <laughs> that is really sad. People we were with are like, "Are are you, is is your team on?" I was like, "No, nope, <laughs> not <laughs> not interested in talking to you about means it." means nothing in the grand scheme of things. That's <laughs> just a stupid game. <laughs> but I care a lot. Yeah, I I worried that Monday night was going to be just a complete blowout, and it was going to be a miserable game. And it started out that way. It, they were up thirteen nothing. And, oh, the Celtics! Game. Yeah, Celtics. I'm kind of looking around like, oh boy, why did yeah. I? Why did I even show up for this? <laughs> you know, was <it's>, <laughs> my thought. And then Trey just went off, man. That was one of the more fun games in a loss. You know, from a guy like that in a really long time. I thought that was it was incredible watching him do everything that he did. Yeah, it was a blast because it it started off with just like, you know, Krejci hit him in the corner on a driving kick, and it was like, yep. oh, it's a corner three, no big deal, right? And and then it just started building on itself. It did, and then you started getting the heat checks from the top of the key. The heat check after so the cool. two step backs. I had to ask yeah. him specifically about that one. I was like, what? Is, like, you just have to walk me through something specific, like this specific shot, because people are yelling in the crowd, like heat check, heat check. He's like, yeah. I, he's like, I didn't hear anybody say anything, but he said that he was really trying to play it cool. He said I was like trying to hold back a smile the whole time because, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was such a fun game. It was so cool to see him play so well. Uh, and he set like all these like rookie like extremely specific rookie records, you know, for the Thunder. Well, you know, honestly, like the only downside of that game, which of course me being negative, was that <laughs> there's a he, downside to this one. He he like ties the record, and then you and you're like so excited, and then you learn that he tied Poku, and you're like, how is this possible on a team with mm-hmm. KD, Harden, and Russ? Like, you want that to have like some oomph to it. Like, he just broke James Harden's rookie record, right? And you want to feel like amazing about it. And it's like, no, he broke like tanking Poku from last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, so he did break Russell Westbrook's single game record for like for points for, for points. points. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's cool. cool. That's uh, good. That's a good one. James Harden's high as a rookie was 26, which is just kind of mind-blowing to think about that. Uh, he was way up and down. I went back and looked at his basketball reference page, and he was all over the place. Like He'd go like five games, like single digits, and then he yeah. would blow up and have like two 20-point games. But yeah, he was incredibly inconsistent his rookie season, but he was playing off the bench for a good team. So it's just right. it's just way way different. The context is is incredibly different. Uh, I wanted to go through some non-specific stats and see if we can if you can guess who led like who is the the rookie who has like the most three-point attempts or the most made threes or the most rebounds and stuff like that. So Okay, this is just in Thunder history. You're not going to include uh, no. Seattle. Not including Seattle, which includes Kevin Durant. So no and case. Jeff Green. And Jeff Green, who would probably be on this list a lot, actually. He was okay. He was good his first few years. Uh, okay. All right. What about three-point field goals? So made threes. Who is number one in made threes as a rookie in Thunder history? I believe it's Alex Sabrinas. It is not Alex Sabrinas. It's not anymore. No. 
That was last, as of, and this is a huge hint, before the end of last year, he would have been number one, but he's not anymore. So does that mean it's Poku? It's not Poku. Poku is fifth. Is it, is it Teo? It's Teo Maladon. 105 okay. made threes last season. So that must have been why we were so excited going into the... Because I was looking back. I mean, we talked about it. Like, his stats at the end of last year weren't, like, blowing you away. Yeah. But obviously, we were excited a little bit going into the summer. That must have been one of the reasons why. Here's the top 10 since in the Thunder era. So no Durant, no Jeff Green. Number yeah. one, Teo, 105. Two, Alex Sabrinas with 94. Three, James Harden with 93. Trey Mann is number four. He'll pass if he makes a three tonight. He will pass James Harden on this list tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poku was 58. Josh Giddy's 56. Sabonis, 51. JRE, 50. Baisley, 49. Terrence Ferguson, 40. So Russ made 35 threes his rookie season. Lou Dort mm. in, it wasn't a ton of games, only made 30. Uh, but it's just wild. Like Reggie Jackson, his rookie season made 13 threes. Jeremy Lamb, his rookie season here, nine threes. Oh, I mean, like if if Russ was coming into the league now, even with him not being a shooter, like he would have like easily broken this record. Or like James yeah. Harden coming into the league now yeah. would have been taking like f- at least four or five threes a game as a rookie. Serge Ibaka, guess how many threes he made his rookie season? Two. One. One. Mm. <laughs> he made one. Under, under Robertson, two. <laughs> Just wild. Okay. Uh, Three-point attempts, the list is similar, as you would expect. Teo Maladone yeah. took 313 threes. The next highest is Trey Mann, actually, with 260. So he took a crap ton of shots. <laughs> <laughs> gosh so if, so if trey goes like on a burner and is just shooting like eight three as a game <laughs> we're gonna get the stat like he has passed tail, tail. <laughs> it's just almost not even worth saying honestly <laughs> uh, okay all right okay so overall field goal attempts for a rookie in thunder history i'm assuming it's russ it's Russ by like a freaking mile. He took 1,095 <laughs> shots his rookie season. Which that's like, because I was actually just looking at this. Um, I think Shea is around like 1,200 or 1,100 shots mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. So to put that in context, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, who do you think is, get, see if you can guess the top five. Who else is in the top five? Um... <laughs> Top five for rookies, just field goal attempts. It's mm-hmm. hard because you said the gap is so big, so it could be guys that... I mean, I'm guessing Harden. Harden's number four, 578. Okay. He took half the number of shots that Russ did. Yeah, so Teo must be on there. <laughs> Teo's number three, 614. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. There's a hint right there for yourself. What? Man. Oh, Trey Mann. Trey Mann, number is five. He fifth? Number five, 561. So who's second? Who is second? Josh Giddy is number two. Six, really? 670 okay. field goal attempts is number two. Interesting. Yeah. He's, he's getting them up. He's getting them up, man. You know, I was looking at uh, cleaning the glass, just uh, what do you call it? Uh, just like the, the offensive 
accuracy, shooting accuracy yeah. for the Thunder. I was surprised how close Giddy is to Shea in the mid-range. Yeah. Like in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know he's obviously he's been out, and so he doesn't have a ton of shots from there. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, kind of impressed. Like from the short mid-range, Shea is in the 79th percentile. Giddy's in the 76th percentile. Hmm. Long mid-range, Shea, 62nd percentile. Giddy, 60th percentile. That, just in the mid-range overall, 77th percentile for both. Both are shooting 44%. That's wild. Isn't that kind of wild? Because we think of Shea as like, wow, he's really developing that mid-range, mid-range game. Mid-range assassin, yeah. Yeah, and he, and he needs to have that as part of his game. And Giddy's like right there with him. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is crazy. He's got now, good Giddy, touch around the rim. I didn't. Or not around the rim, but like in like the out outside the restricted area. Like he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, now the difference is when you get to the rim. Like yeah. Shea is in the sixty seventh percentile, shooting sixty two percent at the rim. Giddy's at the in the twenty ninth percentile, yeah. shooting fifty seven percent. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't even looking for it this morning, but I just happened to notice. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. You know who's you know who's really good in the mid range is probably because he hasn't taken any shots there. Aaron Wiggins. That's kind He's of, the real mid-range assassin. That's Andrew. his game, though. Like that was him at Maryland. It was he, yeah. he was just the mid-range guy. So, uh, free throw attempts. Total free throw attempts. By okay, Sabonis. <laughs> Let me see where Sabonis is. Sabonis. <laughs> this will surprise you. He's actually eighth. Oh, really? Yeah. That was all second half of the season. It must have been. Uh, well, Russ has to be one. Russ is number one by a mile again, four hundred and twenty. Mile. Four hundred and twenty-eight. Um, was uh was Harden racking up free throw attempts yet? He's number two, two hundred and forty. Okay. And then there's I'm like another Giddy's cliff there. after that. Giddy is six. He's he's taken seventy nine. He would he would have been up there. Yeah, he would have been. Um, man, there haven't been a ton of uh, Thunder rookies that get to the line. Uh huh. Um, who is it? I, I don't even know. Couple man, couple, Trey. Couple, no, couple big guys. Trey is seventh. Oh, big guys. That makes sense. Uh, so uh, probably not Surge though. Surge is fifth, ninety-five. Is he? Okay, <clears throat> not a lot. Yeah, Mitch. <laughs> Mitch, where is Mitch on this? He's eighteenth. He, he took forty is, free throws. Oh, okay. Uh, who is it? Who's the other big guy? Steven Adams, 136. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, other notable names on here. Uh, Jeremy Lamb took 14 free throws his rookie season. <laughs> uh, even worse, like Terrence Ferguson, who did play a lot, took 10 free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Aldrich, who didn't get a huge shot, his rookie season only took four. Um, and then, yeah. That's really it. That's notable. Uh, okay. okay. Total rebounds for a rookie. So, uh, bet Russ is up there. Russ is number two, 399. Steve O is probably one. Steve O is number four, 332. Four. Baca? Baca is number three, 397. Wow. Number one. Who is number one in rebounds for Thunder rookies all time? All time. All time Thunder rookies? Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be Sabonis. Sabonis is five, 288. 
Okay. I'm going to see if the chat knows. Chat, shout it out. You're shout it out, <laughs> chat, if you know it. Do you know it? <laughs> Who, who's the big guy I'm not thinking like, of? It has, is this like phone a friend? Yes, this is like phone a friend. Um, Man, I can't even think of another big man rookie. BJ Mullins. Byron, don't call me BJ. Where is he? I mean, he can't be high on this list. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, he wasn't a rookie. Is it a, was he? With the Thunder? Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he was. Sorry. What about Bays? Bays, Bays. Bays is number seven, two forty-six. Mm. Benjamin Seth the Beat was not a rookie on our team. Was not a rookie. Definitely not a rookie. Thankfully, thankfully, oh my gosh, he was not a rookie on this team. Byron Mullins had ten total rebounds. <laughs> what? His rookie season. Yeah. Ten in 13 games yeah Ooh, reese kimsey says dakari johnson <laughs> dakari johnson in 31 games had 34 rebounds <laughs> who is it oh no it can't be jeff green augusto because jeff green was on the sonics he was on the sonics uh oh giddy duh josh giddy oh, 421 yeah Pe- multiple people have been saying giddy and i just wasn't even reading it yeah josh yeah teo um, <laughs> Where's Teo? Okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Teo's probably higher on the list than he needs to be. What about just offensive rebounds? I bet Giddy's up there. He's number four. He's got 98. Giddy, Russ, Steve. Russ is number one, 178. That's wild. Uh, Steve is number two, 142. And Ibaka? Ibaka's 138. He's number three. And then number Ibaka. five is actually JRE. Piki Baka. Piki Baka. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Uh, assists. Russ, Giddy. Russ is number one, 435. Giddy is number two, 345. Harden. Jim Stars is number five, 137. Did you say Harden was five? Mm-hmm. Uh, Teo. Teo, 227. There we go. Maybe we weren't like the biggest idiots in the world talking about him. Sure feels no, like it. No, dude, this is one of the reasons why, like, even even with that game with Trey, I'm just like trying not to get too high mm-hmm. because someone has to score the points. Someone has to get the assists. Like, yeah, especially with that team last year. Like that was a definitely someone has to score the points team. You throw um, five guys on the court. In any NBA game, they're probably going to score 85 points. They're going to. It's not all going to be from ISOs. They're going to get to 100. Yeah. Somebody's going to put up counting stats. And last year, it was Teo. Like, because the percentages weren't good, but he was putting up counting stats. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Bays. Like, that that was the thing with Bays last year and why I was not as high on his end of season run. Yeah. Because he he was putting up stats. I agree. And there were people uh, sharing, like, from Stathead, like, the number of guys who are 21 and under who have scored 15 and 7 over like a long period of time and it's like all great players and it's like yeah like he's putting up the those stats I'm not, not denying that yeah. but like I did not believe it and yeah. this version of Bayes like it's not it's not, I mean actually he's been very productive recently but yeah it's not it does it feels much different from what he was doing at the end of last season. I agree. Last season he was he was playing like an alpha, you know? Like he it, was and he was all and he over could the place. because there was there was no one else on the team. Yeah. There was there were a lot of things with Bayes last year where you watched him and you're like, that's not repeatable. 
like that performance is not repeatable. And yeah. He, and he's doing some things this year where you're like, okay, I can see where that could lead to like a career for you. You know, last and year, even, I didn't feel that way either. Yeah, even when he's been putting up some of these 20-point games, it's like, okay, like nothing there was like that crazy. Yeah. Last, I mean, he's, he was a quiet 22 against the Celtics. I don't remember yeah. a whole lot that he did. I, mean, I think he's averaging 22 points over the last like five or six games. I mean, he's, uh, he's playing I will well. tell you, over his last six games, he is averaging 22. Yeah. His rebounds are down six. He's had one rebound game. Yeah, that's been weird. That is weird. Uh, Shooting 37% from three on seven attempts per game. By the way, three-point attempts per game, I was thinking about this with Shea. Mm -hmm. Because in that first half... Oh, boy. It was bad. It was... He took a ton. He took a ton of bad shots. And they were bad because, like... The defense, the Celtics defense, was just collapsing on him every single time mm-hmm. with like three guys. And in this case, it's even worse because they're like such a good team. Yeah. Like they're so good defensively. And so he's just running into this wall over and over again. Not <laughs> anything. Like over and over again. Just drive after drive after drive. Yeah. None of them are working. He's getting turnovers or he's just airballing like shots at the rim. Right. It's so bad. Then he comes out in the second half. All of a sudden, he's like, oh, I'm going to shoot some uh, mid-range jumpers. I'm going to take some threes now. And just everything opened up for him. In addition to that, like Boston was not defending him the way, like as aggressively as they did in the first half for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. So th- things got a little easier for him there. Mm-hmm. It just made me think, like, I would like to see, and, and part of this is because there's no good shooters on this team. Yeah. Like outside of man that we trust and obviously if they were playing like Kenrich and and Mike Muscala but Mm -hmm. there's just no good shooters on this team and for for Shea to only be taking like four a game Mm -hmm. it just feels like a missed opportunity as good as he is at driving like down the line I would just love for him to be shooting more threes per game yeah it's just hard for like, him to find good attempts, though. Like, look at... I'm going to read you something, okay? Okay. This is all the guards, the best scoring guards in the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll do the top 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And this is how many threes they take per game. Mm-hmm. Young, 7.8. Luka, 8.7. Kyrie, 7.5. DeMar, weirdo, 1.9. 1.9 per is game. wild, yeah. Jaw. Also a weirdo, and similar to Shea in that he's driving all the time, 4.5. Mm-hmm. Tatum, 8.7. Donovan Mitchell, 10. Devin Booker, 7.1. Steph, 11.7. Zach Levine, 7.1. Shea, 5.3. Mm-hmm. He's taking the same amount as like Bradley Beal, which yeah. we've actually talked about Bradley Beal as kind of like a comp for him before. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. like With Jaw only taking four and a half threes, I feel better about it because they have like Desmond Bain. They have Jaron Jackson Jr., like who isn't actually shooting that well from three, but like they have guys who you trust way more as shooters. Yeah. And until this team has shooters, until they show any interest in starting to get shooters on this team, I just wonder long-term, does Shea need to start? Like, like can should he be a guy that takes seven threes per game? Because I trust his shot. Yeah. Even though he's shooting like 30% this year, but he's been doing, he's obviously been much better 
since he came back from injury. The only problem with that is it doesn't it doesn't help their offense that much. Like he's got to like get into the offense they want to get to. He's got to put pressure on the rim and then spray out. Like that's what the that's what their offense, that's like the design of their offense is for somebody to be driving. It's not all just like Shea loving to drive. Like it's a part of what they want to do is that they want there's somebody. No, there's no spraying against the Celtics. To initiate. I know. And he did a great job though finishing and so did Trey. Like they, they both had some insane finishes around the basket. Trey, when he would get to the basket, he threw the ball high off the rim, I think maybe three times. Like once against Derek White where he got the and one, and then I think he did it twice against Horford. Uh, those were insane. And then, I mean, Shea has just been outrageous once he gets to the basket. Like there's just he just finishes in ways like with his left hand where you're just like, how does he, how is he doing that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, he finished with a great game. Like his stat line looks incredible. It's just so funny because the start of that game was awful. Yeah. I mean, I think he was four for 12 at some point, and it wasn't from missing threes. I think he made his one three in the first half. It was all from just those drives. I don't know. I just, he obviously puts a ton of pressure on opposing defenses as it is. And maybe this gets back to the idea of once this team is healthy, try to find him a couple catch and shoot threes per game. Maybe that's all it is. Yeah. When when Josh is out there, they're going to find him two or three per game where he's yeah. going to be all alone. But like right now, like one, who are you trusting to find him? <laughs> you know, like Trey's a decent passer. Um, like the defense is, like the only thing the defense cares about is Shea. And that's partly why Trey had like the opportunity that he did is that they were just letting, you know, Derek White or whoever just go one-on-one with Trey and he just cooked him all night. Yeah. It's because they were worried about Shea. So, uh, okay, all-time points, and then we could be done. All-time points, Russ. Russ, number one, 12.56. Uh, Giddy is probably top five. Giddy's number three, 6.74. Harden, number two. Harden's number two, 7.53. Um, Adams? Stephen Adams, number eight. No, 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 mm. that's a Brinus. Stephen Adams, where is he? 15. Oh no! Oh no! I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> uh, what about um? Well, I guess Teo. Teo's number four. Ugh. It's just six fifty-eight. <sighs> His presence makes me less excited about all these lists, Andrew. <laughs> number five is—is is it Trey? It's Has Trey. Yeah, yeah. Five eighty-nine. Okay. And then number wow. th- number three is Josh. So the top what, what are you top three in scoring? Russ, Harden, Josh. What do you think happened with Teo? Because even like he has he should have those obviously it's not the same opportunities because Shea is there, yeah. Trey is there now, but like he's he's getting minutes. Yeah. What changed? He got more swole. I know that. That's one thing that changed. You think he's too ripped? He's maybe he's too, too jacked. Maybe he's too jacked. He got real jacked. Wow. They used to talk about that with like Tiger Woods. Like he's too big now. He's too, so you're saying Taylor's just too big. That's <laughs> that's a theory I'm gonna just put out there. He's too yoked. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. A lot of it does seem to be confidence. There were two like just, just outrageous air balls in that game. One from Teo, the other from Baisley. When Baisley, yeah. I don't know if you saw this one and if you could see how crazy it was on TV, but when Baisley shot it, you knew when it was like two feet out of his hands like oh no like where is this where is this gonna go because it was like four feet from the rim like to the right that's how i felt about that uh that poku three at the end of the magic game oh yeah like the second it was out of his hands like that is short yeah there by significant margin there ain't no way yeah dude can we can we talk about poku real quick because i i tweeted out yeah. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. That, that he's that he's the real lever because I was on cleaning the glass. Oh my gosh! Can we take a quick break before we get there? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's build it up. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back from that quick break, Al. It's time to talk about Poku. Okay, so Poku. Overall, on the team, on-off numbers, obviously Kenrich, number one. This is all cleaning the glass. They're filtering out garbage time, of which there's probably a lot. I was going to say, this is primarily garbage time. Yeah, I don't know what they count, what the specific number, like points difference they count as garbage time. Because like that that Celtics game felt like garbage time, but it it really wasn't. Like they were kind of in that game till the end. Right. Um, anyways, Kenrich plus 14.2. We knew that. Mike Muscala plus 11.6. This is on the season. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's 97th percentile for Kenrich, 96th percentile for Mike Muscala. Yeah. Ty Jerome plus 9.7, 93rd percentile. Yep. Poku. Shea is not next. It is not Shea Gilgis Alexander. No, it is Alexei Pokushevsky plus yeah. 6.5, 85th percentile in the league. And what's. It's been rising so too. To, like, it's. It, he was at like. 0.5 for a long time and he's been positive for a while and and so it's been and, rising and this was recently best exemplified by that magic game which is one of the funniest stat lines i've ever seen three of 20 plus 17 in a five point loss yeah that was weird like wild stuff one yeah. of 10 from three like objectively <laughs> one of his worst games in terms of scoring the ball of the season probably his worst game but he was a plus 17 in a five-point loss and i was trying to figure out like how is this how is this even possible like what is going on yeah right now with poku the only thing i could figure out because on cleaning the glass you can look at on off for very specific aspects of the team like you can say okay when poku's on the court does their half court offense get better no, it doesn't. It actually gets worse. <laughs> Their half-court offense gets significantly worse. They're th- minus 2.4 uh, points per 100 plays. Yeah. When- so what is it? It's transition. But it's not even like all transition. It's specifically transition plays that come off of steals. Mm-hmm. So points per play. So when the Thunder get a steal and Poku is on the court, if you played that out a hundred times, compared to the other guys on the team, or compared to when he's not on the court, they are plus thirty-one points per play, which is ninety-fourth percentile. If you do points per possession, plus two points per one hundred possession, which doesn't sound like a lot, that's ninety-eighth percentile. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's clearly a very good transition player for the Thunder, and and be. And when they get a lot of steals, 
it really shows up. So I went back to that Magic game. They had 13 steals, which was the second most steals of this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, there, I solved it. They got a ton of steals. But then I looked at points off of turnovers. They had six. Wow. They had six points off of 13 turnovers. So it wasn't even like they were super efficient. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm back at like, I have no idea what's going on with Poku. <laughs> but he, he is doing something. He's tickling the little algorithm for cleaning the glass. They love him over there. He's and been, that's why we need to sit him tonight. He's been better. He's been better. Oh, he for sure has been better. I mean, even with, I mean, that magic game was like objectively not good, even though the single game plus minus was like, oh, he's looking really nice here. Yeah. And he, and he had some nice moments in that game, obviously. Like he had that awesome assist and he, I think he had five assists total. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the game against uh, the Celtics, like, yeah, he's back to his normal self. We feel like it's normal now. Like he, he he's looking good. Yeah. I don't know what to think. I still really know what to think about it, and I'm really excited to see him in summer league. Um, you got to play him this- in summer league. Do this is another do the right thing scenario for the Thunder. It's like do the right thing, play him in summer league. Come on, you you got to play him in summer league. Yeah, we, we could we could potentially have a really cool summer league team, a really fun one. Yeah, yeah. Or it could be or it could be hugely disappointing, like when Giddy. <laughs> twisted his ankle and like Trey Man, AJ Griffin. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, but yeah, I was, I, I'm just kind of interested in Poku. And so now I'm like, oh, I gotta pay attention on every transition play. Cause uh, I mean, to be fair, like when you think of Poku being successful in your brain, yeah, the like image that's burned in my brain is him running down the court and doing a finger roll. That is like his signature play in my yeah, mind right sure. now. And so maybe that's what it is. I mean, he always seems to make those shots. Like every time he's taking a finger roll in transition, it seems to go in. Yeah, there was even a play against the Celtics where he just created a transition play out of what really wasn't one. Yeah. Uh, Top three lineups for Poku in possessions. And there's he doesn't have like a high number of possessions with anybody. He's got there's like a billion different lineups here with Poku. Um Number one, only in only ninety-eight possessions, Shea, Trey Man, Baisley, Poku, Roby, plus seventeen point three. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Teo, Lindy Waters, Veet Krechi, <laughs> Poku, Olivier Saar. In fi- oh. in fifty-three possessions, guess what it is? What was that negative ninety plus twenty-nine point three? What? I don't Dude. Know. You know, I was I I was rewatching the game this morning, yeah. thinking I was going to be drawn to Trey because I just wanted to watch that again. Yeah, uh, but I found myself just fascinated by Veet. Okay, Veet Krejci did not see this coming. Did not see this he, coming at all. So, like offensively, yeah, I kind of like him. Okay, what like do you, what do you like to, about him? I need somebody to I need somebody to talk me into him because I'm just not there. Well. For one, I just feel like he's he's always active. And this is going to come up as a negative when I talk about his defense. But uh-huh. he's like always active on offense. Yeah. He seems to know what he's doing. He's he's moving the ball. Very like smart I, I just Yes, he he's just a very nice little cog and then he can he can shoot. Like like he's <laughs> sadly yeah. one of the better shooters on the team right now. There's just something about a shot I just don't trust though. 
but then defensively, which is because he had like a nice transition play, and I was like, oh, that was that was a good job by him. Mm-hmm. Very next play, he's guarding Derek White, who's in the corner. Yeah. He sags off. He leaves him to go double Daniel Tice in the post. And I was like, wait, why is he doing that? And then I started paying attention to him more on defense. He is a mess yeah. on defense. And it's so funny because part of the problem with him defensively is he's just he wants to do too much. Yeah. He is like so active defensively. He is running around trying to guard everyone at once. And as a result, he's not guarding anyone most of the time. Yeah. And when he like closes out on someone like he's always like lunging like just a little too far and always gets caught on the wrong foot yeah like he is not good defensively which works out for the tank right now but i i will say you know offensively he's doing some things compared to some of these other guys sure yeah i just feel like he's he's still slower than what he was in europe and he's yeah. not as athletic. I think that's that's probably some of it is that he's still kind of adjusting to the game. One, he's adjusting to the NBA game. Two, he is adjusting to the NBA game while adjusting to like his new knee as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm not like oh, Veet's going to be a long term piece here. Yeah, I would I would just say that once you get past the obvious guys like Trey and Shay and Poku. I thought I thought Veet's kind of entertaining. I I am impressed that you have any thoughts past those guys. Like that's just... oh man, there was a play that cracked me up. He so he got he kind of got stranded in no man's land. There was a guy in the corner that he should be guarding, or a guy like above the break. Yeah, and he was right in between them. Didn't know which guy to go towards, so he just waved both of his hands, like just like praying that they were about to extend his his arms would extend and he could somehow guard both so of these guys yelling go, he's go, directly gadget. in the middle of them not guarding either one oh my and just kind of waving his hands both ways yeah I'm those, not... are, those are the type of things i'm looking for these days andrew just to keep me going yeah no i mean for me like trey was enough <laughs> <laughs> v is one of the guys that i sit and talk with whoever's next to me and i'm like what do you see like tell me tell me what what you like about him like what do we like he's the thing the things that i like about beat specifically is that he just understands spacing really really well on the court well and that's the thing like at this part of the season there are so many guys you could bring on this team on a 10 day who would be just as bad but would actually like not help you develop anything offensively yeah because they just wouldn't know what they should be doing yeah whereas like Veet also not great but he at least like can you can just slot him in and kind of pretend to run an offense yeah and it and and sometimes it sort of looks like a real offense sure yeah that's true yeah he's I think they're gonna see what he does in summer league and see what he does next year and I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know if he's six round or not. To me, he's probably Yeah, I don't have high hopes. It's it's more just like, oh, I had a th- I've had some th- I had some thoughts about Veet for the first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Got to share them. <laughs> oh man. Uh looking at the reverse standings on Tankathon. The Thunder sit uh they're 20 and 52. By the way, where do you where do you think their win total is going to be? Uh, so, uh, let me, let me shout out this person. Uh, I believe their name is OKC 
cover. OKC Thunder cover. Okay. They made a little uh, Excel sheet, Excel Excel file, uh-huh. uh, looking at all the bad teams. So Portland, Indiana, Kings, Thunder, Orlando, Detroit, Houston, and all their games for the rest of the season, and then highlighted in green the games they have against one of those other teams. So with OKC, for instance, we have four left. So we got Orlando at Portland, Detroit, Portland. Um, so I thought this was very helpful, though, because I looked at this and was able to be like, okay, like that's not probably going to happen. Like they have two of these games left at OKC at Indiana. The rest of their games, like Philly, Milwaukee, Dallas, Philly, Brooklyn, Knicks, Washington, Atlanta. Maybe they get one of these first couple against those East playing teams like Atlanta, Washington, Knicks. But I don't have high hopes that Detroit's going to lose a ton of games the rest of the season. And and once they didn't lose that game the other night, which was unbelievable. It was crazy, especially after some of the teams that they beat because Detroit has been on this run where you were, I think, everybody. And you know what? I actually, I blame Thunder Twitter for that specific result because everybody had been talking about they just been they just banked it. They banked the the Portland win. How would you how would you not? Not only like I get they you just had, don't like, say it out loud, now. Al. You just don't say it out loud. You don't tweet problem, it, you don't put the words in. Don't do it. And like again, this is the end of the season. We shouldn't care. But if I was a Pistons fan, I'd be like happy, obviously, that they lost, but at the mm-hmm. same time I'd be like, How many guys how many of these young guys are real if we're losing to this Portland team with all of our young guys healthy? Like Cade played, Killian Hayes played, Isaiah Stewart played, Sadiq Bay played. Like all of their good young players were playing in that game. All of those players you would take over anyone, any soul on the Portland Trailblazers team that they rolled out there. Yeah. And they were and they got down by 20 in that game. Yeah. They were down by 20 and then they had they made it a game. But I once that game happened, I'm like, okay, Detroit's out. Orlando similarly only has two of these games left tonight against OKC and then the Kings. The rest of their games at Cleveland, at Washington, Toronto, Knicks, Cleveland, at Charlotte, Miami. Not like a murderer's row, but also like they're probably going to start sitting guys more aggressively. So, like for OKC to pass Orlando, yeah. they have to lose tonight. Have to. And then they have to get like maybe one more win, which I think is going to be tough. To only get one win because those Portland games are going to be very tough oh my to lose. Where so they're over under twenty three. Where do you where do you think they'll be? A season? I'm actually feeling positive about that because they're only at twenty right now, right? Yeah, they're at twenty. Yeah, so I, I, that would that would require them probably winning all four of those games because their other games at Denver. That's please. That's a loss. Yeah. Atlanta. Phoenix, that's a loss. At Utah, that's a loss. At the Lakers, please, has to be a loss. They're still trying, you know. Right, right, right. And then at the Clippers, that should be a loss. There's no no tanking this year, Clippers. (laughs) So that would require them to win all four of those tank wars. Yeah. Which I'm just – I have to assume they they don't win all four. You would hope to God they don't. I would guess, if I'm being realistic, I would say they're going to end up at 22 wins. Yeah, I think they're going to win a Portland yeah. game at least one of those, and then maybe they beat like Detroit or something. Yeah, I can't remember where we were at on their over unders preseason. I know I was under, I can't remember where everybody else was. Um, but they're going to get under again. I really yeah. think they will. 
It, it's interesting now, though, because Sabonis is out for the Kings. He's going to be out the rest of the year. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, they are now a – we can consider them, like, a bad team yeah. night to night. Yeah. I mean, they've been a bad team, but now they're, like, definitely a bad team. Yeah. And and, and they, they play a few of these teams. Like, that, that next game, Orlando is going to be a big one. They also have back-to-back – or it's not a back-to-back, but they play at Houston – on the thirtieth, and then at Houston again on the first. I wish I could get excited about Houston, but I just can't. Yeah, they won. And then I am fascinated like, to see what happens with Portland. The thing I think is going to help Portland is that Indiana, for whatever reason, just has nights where they look fine. Mm-hmm. They only have two games left though against bad teams. They play Sacramento and Detroit at home. All the rest of their games are tough and like legit tough. Memphis, Toronto. Denver, Boston, Philly, Philly, Brooklyn, Atlanta. Yeah. Portland might be screwed. And if Portland ends up in the seventh spot, and they're already two wins ahead of Indiana. Yep. And that's with those back-to-back this weekend against Houston at home. Then OKC. This is They have three games in four days. Houston, mm-hmm. Houston, OKC. Like if they somehow got through that zero and three, that would be like one of the more impressive tank things this season. Yeah, I think they're screwed though. Like, and I'd be, and I'm pissed. I'm not even a Blazers fan. I'm pissed. I was about to yeah. say I would be pissed. I am pissed. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. Yeah, I would be furious about that Pistons win. I would be losing like if it. I was a Blazers fan and Mark Schindler released that article this morning about Trenton Watford about how good he's playing. I would. Blow a gasket. <laughs> the fact that there is a player good enough on this team for Mark Schindler to care about yeah. and to write about, I would be just going insane. It's just not okay. Yeah, it's absolutely not okay. It's absolutely there should not, not okay. be any players that people are paying attention to yeah. and getting excited about. Yeah, right they've now. got no real young guys that you're just trying to develop. Like that whole team is is a G League squad. Like the entire thing. I mean, that's it is a G League team playing in Portland right it, now. And so now, like, this can swing so wildly because we've talked about it. Like, if they're going to try to make moves where they keep Dame this summer, yeah, like, they're only good assets because they can't trade any future first. Maybe they can trade one this summer, but it would yeah. be out, like, 2030. So I don't even think they could. It's going to be their own pick, yeah. which right now is slotted in the seventh spot. And then whatever happens with the Pelicans. If the Pelicans make the playoffs and Portland goes into the summer with only one pick and it's in a average to below average draft and it's like seven or eight like they're screwed yeah like that's where i start thinking about trading dame because how are you building a team around that like i guess it's funny there's been the rumors that like they're going to be very aggressive going after jeremy grant yeah and that's actually a, a deal where i think detroit's excited like if you got the seventh or eighth pick for jeremy grant like you're doing backflips yeah you'd think that it would be like that 10th or 11th pick or whatever it's going to be yeah so like okay maybe they can get that deal done and then maybe they just bring back josh hart but like i'm not taking that team over any of the top four in the west right now i'm not taking them over healthy denver healthy Clippers. so now you're at the seventh spot you're in the play-in like what's the point yeah what's the point of all this it feels like they're shuffling everything around to have about the same team they had before (laughs) Like about the same caliber of team they had before. I know. And and that's why like 
if that happens, if they end up, even if, honestly, if they ended up with getting both of those picks, like mm-hmm. what a great restart to a rebuild. If you did trade Dame and you're going into this draft with two like lottery picks and then whatever you get for Dame, like that's an awesome head start. Yes. On a rebuild, but they're not going to do it. No. I, yeah, I would absolutely trade Dame. Like you might be able to get Sacramento's pick. Like I don't know if Sacramento would, would want Dame or if they would be willing even to trade Dame there, but. You know, if you're trying to get a high pick, you know, there's options there. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's they they wiggled out of the middle to wiggle right back in, which is just it's crazy how like even in a tanking, they're they're like in the middle of the tanking season. Yeah. Like how is that possible? They are tanking harder than I've ever seen a team tank and they can't and they're not doing it. Yeah. Well, they just did too late. They just did it too they late. They did it way too late. And this they, is what you get. This is what you get. The initial trade actually helped them. They were pretty good for a minute. I remember we were talking about them making the play in, you know, for a little. Yeah, while. and like, oh, should Dame just come back just to see how it works with Simons? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and it's <sighs> it's wild. All this is to say, like, I'm feeling pretty good about OKC because of what's happened with Indiana, yeah, and Sacramento. Like, we're not winning five games. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not getting to 25 wins. So, like. At worst, we're going to be the fourth, and so it just feels like all upside. Like I'm, I'm kind of jacked for this game tonight. Yeah. Because even if we do end up winning, it's like, oh, uh, that was fun though. That was fun. They're going to be. But the- there's like not too much downside there. Yeah, I've been saying for a while. I think they're going to end up in the fourth spot. Like that's just, I think that's the most likely scenario. Um, fourth spot, they'll fall to fifth on lottery night. They'll take AJ Griffin. That's what's going to happen. That's just my, that's my official prediction. Or maybe Shaden Sharp. Maybe because Shaden's Canadian. They'd rather have him. But, yeah. That's that's definitely oh, that'd be where kind I'm of, at. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. He's somebody that you can at least get yourself excited about a little bit. Just he's such a mystery man. Like, what if he came into the Summer League and just destroyed it? He'd be like, oh, this is great. That'd be fun. Oh, man. Uh, I'm just... Hmm? Oh, never mind. Uh, I was trying to share something, but I couldn't figure it out. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Man, 
I, I would like that just to just to get all the Raptors fans miffed and peeved because then we'd have three Canadians. Have three Canadians. Yep. Yeah. And if if Shaden Sharp turned into a really good player, then they would just be oh, they'd be so angry. <laughs> Raptors. We'd be Raptors guys. West. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a fun team if he ended up being good because the Thunder do need a wing, and that's where like if things don't go well. Like there's a couple wings, and I just have to believe Shaden Sharp's going to be in this draft. Like I just, to me, I just can't come up with the argument that makes sense for him to stay. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Especially like, I don't know. See, seeing Kentucky lose in the first round. Yeah, seeing them lose, it's like, okay, what am I coming like, back cares? to? Like, Coach Cal feels like he's kind of lost it a little bit. Like, he's still good at recruiting, obviously, but like basketball. Hey, did, did wise, he ever have it, Andrew? Did he ever have it? It's a great question. The only times that his teams have done real well is when they were just like so stacked <laughs> that they just right. have that they just have to win. Yeah, um, I, I I would not. You're not going to get enough money, nil money. You just need to you just need to enter the draft because if he if he had a bad year, if he had like you know a Jaden Hardy year in the G League, like you're screwed. <laughs> you're absolutely screwed you're going to go in, you might go in like the 20s, you know, which is where Hardy's going to go. Um, you have any thoughts on any of these other draft guys? We talked about the top guys a lot. We're obviously both Chet guys. Um, you have any yeah. thoughts about anybody else? Have you watched anybody else? Uh, the only thing I've been thinking about was, you know, we talked about Jalen Duran last week. Yeah. Do, does the fact that you have other serviceable centers in the range of that Clippers pick, whether it's Walker Kessler or I'm not a Walker uh, Kessler Mark, guy. Mark Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Like does that does that change how you feel at all about taking Duran? Because I I saw a good comp for Duran that I, I finally one I liked. Because okay. you know, you hear people saying Dwight Howard. Yeah. Just be mostly because of the body. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. He doesn't feel like Dwight Howard to people me. People forget how awesome Dwight Howard was. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing people will say is Bam, which Bam gets comp to every single big ever. It's not a fair comp and like, for anybody. Not a fair comp. But then I saw someone say Robert Williams. I was like, you know what? I kind of like that. Robert Williams is real good. He is good. And if you could go back to Robert Williams' draft and get a player like that at the sixth or seventh pick, you would have done it. Yeah. And you'd probably still do that if you knew it was that player. Sure. So like I get the I get the value there, but at the same time, I'm like, is it that big of a drop off? Just yeah. wait and get get a center in the middle of the first round, or or even not get a center. Like I, I would just rather take the upside of a wing sure. in this case. Even though I thought like Jalen Duran, like he was solid in that game against Gonzaga. Yeah. Like had some really nice moments. He was good in the first game. Like I get the idea of him. Yeah. But I'm just uh I, I guess I, I want to know what the argument is to take a non shooting center specifically over one of these other wings. Now if you're at like eight or nine, mm-hmm. then I'm starting to be like, ah, there's not really anyone I even like at nah, this point. Who cares? But <laughs> I mean the Thunder, if they stay at four, they're not gonna be at nine. But um yeah, I think I think part of the argument is that 
Uh, Jalen Duran is um, two years younger than Mark Williams, like a full two years younger. Um, and same with Kessler. I'm not. A, I'm not huge on Kessler. I don't know what he's going to be at the NBA level, but he's not the kind of big that I would want. I want somebody a little bit more versatile. And Duran's not like offensively the most versatile guy, but he's at least athletic enough where you feel like, okay, like maybe if he learns the game real well, he could, you know, be a little bit more switchy than those two. So I don't know. I like I like Duran. I'm but I'm with you. I'd pro I would rather have Shaden Sharp or AJ Griffin or maybe even Johnny Davis, I might rather have. Uh so there's, yeah, I'd rather have a wing or some sort of offensive initiator. You know, Keegan Murray is also a little bit more intriguing to me in ways. You know, he's quite a bit older than all the guys that I mentioned. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, he'll be 22, I think, when he enters the league. If you look at, like, the... The Thunder drafted Cole Aldrich when he was 22. They drafted Campaign when he was 21. Reggie Jackson was 21. Perry Jones was 21. Um, I don't know. And they didn't draft the guys that they drafted high in the draft. Like they're all 20. You know, Russ was 20. James Harden was a sophomore, but he was 20. Same same with uh, Westbrook. Um, so they're quite a bit younger. And then the only guys that the Thunder have ever drafted as teenagers, the list is Josh Giddy was 19, Teo was 19, Poku was 19, Baisley 19, Ferg 19. So, and all recent picks too. So you just wonder. I don't know. Uh, Alex is gone. He's having some internet troubles. So we will end it here. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. Hope you guys enjoy the game tonight. Do the right thing, Thunder. Do the right thing. And if you're wondering what the right thing is, the right thing is sitting Shay and sitting anybody else that you need to to get this loss. So do the right thing.